This is the OK Outcast Podcast, your home for Oklahoma political intrigue and insight. All right, folks, welcome to OK Outcasts, a very special edition with my co-host, Brittany Novotny, and also a contestant in Political Jeopardy. Brittany, welcome to the show. Thank you, Chris. I'm happy to be on. Excellent. Well, with that, here's our categories. Old dwellings, handle your scandal, political maneuvers. I'll take political maneuvers for 500, Chris. All right. A previous president who started a cult to win. Who is Donald Trump? That is correct. You have the board. I'll take uh, Handle Your Scandal for 200. In the 1920s, this sitting governor was the first to be removed for adultery. Who is Alfalfa Bill Murray? Incorrect. Governor Jack Walton. Ah, dang it. All right, the board's still yours because we don't have any other contestants. (laughs) Well, I guess that means I'll take um, uh, the final question. Uh, Shit, what was the category again? (laughs) Handle your scandal. No, I thought I did hint. No, old dwellings. Old dwellings. Old dwellings. Now I have two questions per category. So. Oh, okay, okay. Yes. Well, I'm gonna so take gonna... take old dwellings then for a hundred. This designer builder and remodeling expert was the host of the first home improvement TV show. Who is Bob Vila? That is correct. Yay! All right, I'll go back to uh, handle your scandal. This political ally of Oklahoma's current governor was just indicted by a grand jury of 13 felonies. Oh, who is Matt Stacy? That is correct. Hey, uh, old dwellings. This governor of Oklahoma secretly conspired to create a new governor's mansion. Who is Kevin Shit? I mean Stitt. Correct. Although let's let's keep the vulgarity down here. <laughs> um, and I guess that leaves one more in political maneuvers. It does. So, a current governor who is trying to distract from all his scandals by announcing a special election to legalize cannabis. Also, who is Kevin Stitt? That is correct. And that leads us to final jeopardy. What do you wish to wager? Uh, I'm going to risk it all, baby. All righty. The category is international cuisine. The French technique for preparing all ingredients before actually starting to cook. Do, 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 do. 
What, it, what is sous vide? Incorrect. It's mise en place. Well, sorry. You know, my, my husband would have been a better person to answer that one. <laughs> well, you kicked him out of the house, so. Yeah, well, I had uh, to record, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, on these notes, do we want to wish to talk about uh, the secret mansion? Um, yeah, I mean, let's. 13 felonies. Let's, uh, uh, let's start with the secret mansion, because that dovetails nicely with last week's episode, as we were previewing the upcoming new scandal uh, for Governor Stitt, and neither of us quite got all of the details right leading up to that um so good job ali meyer keeping a lid on your story until it ran um that must have been difficult yeah everybody was trying to figure out what the heck this was all about um so that was something good job keeping that quiet but for those of you who maybe didn't pay a lot of attention in the last week um chris can you give us a little a brief update on, on the governor's secret mansion plans? Certainly. The governor uh, has been planning and plotting a secret new mansion next door to the current mansion, which he just used Oklahoma taxpayers' dollars to spend $2 million on. Perfectly acceptable because that mansion needed some work done as is yeah. any yeah an old building but literally like all of the problems he claimed to have with the with the building when he got there were addressed by that like 2 plus million dollars in upgrades like they addressed all the issues and then he's still not happy with it that is correct so the plan is to build a new mansion right next door to the old mansion on state property. Now, there are several issues with this. The number one being, he would need legislative approval to do this. Number two, he is using private donations to fund this project. However, the, it will be up to the state to keep up the property. As anybody that lives anywhere knows, stuff goes wrong, stuff needs maintenance, Water heaters go out, plumbing has problems, electric has problems, sewage has problems. I yeah, guess that's then, under plumbing. And then what? Are we maintaining two mansions at that point? Or like, he just wants us to demolish the one we just spent a bunch of money fixing up? Like, what the hell, it appears, man? What I'm hearing, the plan is to turn the old mansion into a museum, and the governor would live in the new museum. <laughs> so um yeah because that's what oklahoma needs more of is additional governor's mansions i yeah. i think so um, <laughs> I, maybe we could house some of the homeless people that uh have become homeless here in oklahoma because of all of the economic factors in the old governor's mansion might be perfect they might not mind the uh <laughs> older decor I, right but, um, I think uh, one so, of my one of my favorite moments in that story from Allie Meyer on KFOR in Oklahoma City was 
when she talked about how he got like all the former governors and their spouses together for a big presentation on the new mansion plan. And he's like thinking they're going to be all jazzed and stoked about it. And instead, like after the presentation, the room was just silent and like nobody was happy about this secret plan. Uh, like like man well, like you are barking up the wrong tree on this when you well the the way that the campaign is trying to spin it and i kind of predicted that they would do this is uh this is a legacy gift for oklahoma all i was trying to do is give oklahoma a legacy gift so that's that's the spin on it yeah, by by taking all these private donations that aren't being tracked in this, you know, basically, you know, super PAC like organization. Um, so like all the donors remain anonymous. He's taken big money from who knows who, um, which would seem like that could be buying favors with this corrupt administration. It would seem that way indeed, but um, besides the maintenance, besides the need for legislative approval, it's the fact that it was secret in the first place, this whole plan to build a new mansion, because he knew that if he went at this, you know, guns blazing and said, this is what I want to do, uh, the legislature might have used one of their fingers in the middle of their hand <laughs> to express their discontent. Yeah, it it also seems that he knew it would probably be politically unpopular, which is why he was hoping to keep it secret until the start of his second term so that <laughs> it couldn't potentially hurt him in this uh, current race. Well, perhaps he's just building Superintendent Hoffmeister a second home. <laughs> well, speaking of scandals, uh, another one it sounds like we touched on that uh, dovetails nicely with this corrupt stid administration is uh, this Matt Stacy scandal. Um, tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, the governor's going for a trifecta here. Um we have the misappropriation of funds from the government, uh, the, the federal government. We have the governor's mansion. And now Matt Stacy has uh, been um, indicted by a grand jury. That does not mean convicted. It means indicted. Brittany, if you want to get into that in a minute, that's fine. Um, but the key here is the cannabis industry in Oklahoma is amazing, but there are a lot of Chinese companies that are trying to come into Oklahoma to grow weed. So what they need is these ghost licenses. These so-called ghost licenses are essentially law firms that use their employees. They use uh, other people and all these people know is they're getting a $50,000 check in the mail and they had to sign a piece of paper to do it. So Mr. Stacy is one of the people that organized this. 
and these grows are this is the very tippy top of a gigantic iceberg and the the key here is we don't want international people coming in to run a black market out of Oklahoma. We want Oklahoma growers, Oklahoma farmers, Oklahoma people doing Oklahoma things. And so you take people in Paul's Valley and, uh, you know, say there's these out of country interests coming into our area. Um, well, you can just toast right off. So, yeah, uh, I mean, that's... the whole point of the requiring that the licenses only go to Oklahomans was to protect the cannabis industry from becoming some big box international, you know, type deal where local small business people are pushed out of the game. Absolutely. So that, that's kind of where we're headed here is we can. uh definitely see um it's also interesting to note that um mr stacy also received a uh, also gave a campaign donation to our current attorney general um mr uh, outgoing attorney general mr o'connor and um now this stacy guy like he's highly connected to stit like he was on the pandemic response team and i if i'm not mistaken he had a couple other various economic development team appointments and has been you know very like tight with the stid administration well worry not dear listeners for the governor is going to return the uh, not return the money he's going to give it to charity so the uh, maximum allowance of 2900 which is i'm sure i am sure mr stacy didn't use straw donors to give him more right <laughs> right there's no way and you know now that uh, also is that 2900 going to the friends of the governor's mansion charity <laughs> that i can neither confirm nor deny that statement uh, do not have the necessary intel one one has to ask <laughs> is this being redirected to his his other charity <laughs> uh so yeah if if you if you're misdirecting all these funds it's it's pretty obvious what the governor is doing so um i don't usually make political endorsements on this podcast but when i do it will be for joy hoffmeister yeah and the interesting thing is it does seem that these scandals that have continued swirling around stit are are hurting him in the polls and you know i just saw this week two different independent polls from from news organizations in the oklahoma city area one showing joy hoffmeister with a seven point lead and another showing her with i think a two point lead but it's been pretty consistent now the last few polls have started to show a shift 
enjoys direction. That's correct. There is one poll that I believe is an internal poll that shows Stitt ahead um, by uh, I think it's Amber Intelligence. Um, and might have gotten that wrong, but yeah, it's Amber Intelligence. Amber integrated, I think. Is yeah, that Amber. Right? Yes, Amber got integrated into the <laughs> matrix. Um, there we go. Uh, so I don't necessarily put a lot of faith in that poll. Um, I, sorry, well, I go ahead. I think that was the one I saw that had Joy ahead by one or two points. So that even that one may be starting to show. Um, the movement towards her, which if their own internal polling is moving that direction, that can't be good because as you have mentioned before, you know, political consultants are good at massaging numbers. <laughs> well, we would never do any such thing. As scandalous <laughs> is that, my dear Brittany? No, never. never. Mm, we would no. never want to make sure our candidate is getting better news than what is actually showing. <laughs> and, it, and it's not like showing an improvement in your numbers would help with donations or anything. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, that's definitely the case. Um, and an interesting, this is a casual poll inside the bubble. I've been talking to a number of people that... I, uh, I talked to and they're like, yeah, I'm going to vote yes on uh, 820 in March. Doesn't mean I'm voting for Stitt in the general. So I'm wondering if the political strategy was a little bit flawed here because he oh, already. That's, that's the other news is that Stitt set state question 820 for special election on March 7th. Um, kind of out of the blue. Seems like he was trying to maybe distract from all the negative headlines yesterday. Yeah, I mean, who would do that? Spend <laughs> $4 million of state funds to hold a special election on cannabis because it might be popular because some polling data might have shown that. I don't know. Well, maybe. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I... I but what I wonder is if it's a, a bit of a incorrect maneuver because. Well, A, already... it's just super obvious. <laughs> like literally within 24 hours of the latest scandal to drop is when he drops this executive order out of nowhere. I thought the uh, K4 story last night was kind of hilarious because they covered the Mark Stacy thing, Matt Stacy thing for uh, about a three minute package. And then they did about 15 seconds on like a Vosat on um, the uh, special election. Nobody cares about a special election unless you're really in the ball game. So yeah, it's not going to really start to accrue more interest until we're talking after November, because since that's not on the ballot in a few weeks, it's not really going to be on top of people's mind. No, and I don't think it will encourage those who wish to completely legalize cannabis. Uh, I don't know if that's going to motivate them to go vote for Governor Stitt, because he's already done it. The proclamation has happened. Um, yeah, and, here... and didn't you tell me that 
that you all saw in the 788 campaign for medical that there were a lot of people who literally just showed up to vote just on that state question and nothing else. Yeah. And I think what the governor is doing here is trying to do some clickbait and isolating the issues simultaneously. Um, it, in just, the... it seems a poor calculation because there's a lot of those voters who would be excited about it being on the ballot that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to show up and vote in November for politicians. <laughs> uh, it, it, we, we did see uh, a lot of data in 788. Uh, that's the medical to indicate that a lot of people did just show up to vote for that one issue. They registered to vote for that issue. They voted for that issue. Um, you could see it with uh, you know, especially with it being the primary, you could see a lot of elections being undervoted. Um, so, yeah. Um, but, you know, what's the old misogynistic expression? Why buy the cow if you're going to get the milk for free? <laughs> right. <laughs> Which is a terrible expression, by the way, because like, is there some Dutch prick going in milking other people's cows? Ah, don't buy your cow. I get your milk. Um, That's a funny one. Uh, yeah, I have to credit that to John Mulaney. Sorry about that. But I had to pull that one out. Um, so, yeah, I guess you'd say it's an utter disaster. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, so... The, uh, I mean, at the heart of the matter is the governor can try to distract us with a shiny object, but I'm, knock on wood, I think Joy has got it. Um, I, I think uh, whether she's got it or not, she's the best person for the job. And... I saw even stuff like nationally, like the Cook Political Report has now thrown the governor's race into the toss-up category instead of likely Republican. Um, it definitely seems to me that Joy has put together a coalition of people that would be willing to split their ticket for her alone and maybe Jenna Nelson and that's about it like they've created a permission structure for Republicans to kind of veer towards these moderate options that while they're running as Democrats they're really running as middle of the road moderates which is a dying breed um people accuse her and I've heard this with my own two earballs that uh, she's she's actually a Republican, and she's not a real Democrat. Yeah, well, you she, know, in Oklahoma, a place where the Republican Party has just a massive built-in advantage, it's probably, you know, the best that you're going to get out of that electorate is a moderate Republican instead of some corrupt MAGA wannabe fascist. Well, I think that moderates are a good thing. We've discussed this in past podcasts. You know, California has trouble because it's a supermajority of 
Democrats. Oklahoma has the same problem because it's a super majority of Republicans. Moderates are a good thing, people. A balanced legislature is a good thing, people. We need balance in our legislature. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I'd love to see just a more competitive legislature. I don't even think, you know, the Dems necessarily need a majority, just enough to actually play a role in forcing some compromise on some issues. Because as long as they're such a small caucus that, like, Republicans can do what they want without their votes, they just have so little power to get anything done, which... It leads me to be super impressed with guys like Mickey Dollins and Forrest Bennett and, you know, some of our few Dems in the legislature who have actually gotten some bills passed. Um, so kudos to them for finding a way to still get some things done, um, because it's real hard when your party's in such a minority that the other party doesn't even have to care what you have to say. Well, you know, we've said this before, but you and I uh, both worked on a campaign against uh, a state rep, Jason Dunnington. Um, well, was then a state rep, but then it was an open seat. But um, what I will say for Dunnington is he was able to reach across the aisle and he was defeated for that. Now, you make the argument, and you have in the past, that that wasn't the district to do it in. But if not that district, what district? You know, I mean, being able to reach across the aisle and... I don't think it... It's not so much that he was able to, quote-unquote, reach across the aisle. It's the, the language on which he was willing to compromise that I think bothered that district. That district is home to the most diverse population in Oklahoma. And, you know, he just had real trouble connecting with the electorate because he was such a milk toast moderate white guy. And his attempts to show any kind of compassion towards the issues of minority populations lgbt community the black community etc he he had he did a poor job of being able to represent their interests and that being said his replacement she's all also done a poor job or they've done a poor job sorry um you know i'm I've been very open about my disdain for how Representative Maury Turner has represented the district as well. So That's true. But the good news is that the legislature is planning on making sure that we aren't going to have kids allowed to use the restroom in litter boxes all across the state. <laughs> Oh, thank you for getting me to this uh, this one. Well, listeners, um, you know, you may have heard these rumors, uh, especially if you have kids in public schools and you're part of any kind of Facebook group for parents or uh, any other kind of social media group for parents of your schools. This rumor has taken on a life of its own. 
Um, I think I may have mentioned a couple episodes ago our Republican candidate for governor in Minnesota said that kids in Minnesota who identify as furries have been granted access to use litter boxes in schools instead of the restroom. This is totally bogus. Um, so NBC News uh, did a deep dive this week into where the hell did this ridiculous rumor start and how has it how has it caught on? So this has some kind of dark beginnings. Um, for one, there has not been a single episode of a school allowing a kid to identify as a furry and use a litter box. That is just 100% false. However, there is a record that some schools have purchased cat litter over the last several years. Um, but it turns out it's for a much darker purpose uh the first school district to do this was the jefferson county schools in colorado which is the school district that is the home of columbine high school which was one of the early mass school shootings in 1999 and the reason they purchased the cat litter and buckets was they literally have put buckets with cat litter in them in a cabinet in classrooms so that in the event of a mass shooter situation, if the kids and teachers were trapped in a classroom for hours on end, they might be able to relieve themselves um, in that locked down classroom if it came to that. So it's not for people identifying as furries. It's for some really scary purposes that it's sad that we're even at a point where that has to happen. Um, but, you know, the, the far right has latched onto this as a way to denigrate queer students around the country and make it seem like because schools are becoming more welcoming to queer kids, that that also means they're starting to allow just all kinds of ridiculousness. It's absolutely false, and it's just really gross to see the way they've run with that. Yeah, it absolutely is. Um, it's, uh, I, I don't think I've ever run into uh, anybody other than, I don't know, my cat that wants to use a litter box. Um, <laughs> and uh, he, he refuses to use the restroom. Um, he just prefers his litter box. But, what do you know? The cat prefers the litter box, huh? Yes. I actually have uh, seen cats be trained to use a toilet. Um, um you can cool. <laughs> it, it, it is pretty cool but um ned like no it, it's uh and we have different cat litter uh trends sorry i'm trying to lighten this up folks um you you scoop um we just uh bag it up and throw it out once a week so we have a little bit of a different methodology Yours is probably a little bit greener than ours is, but ours is definitely easier. Well, we are about out of time here. Do you have any big plans for the weekend? Anything exciting coming up? Oh, just the hellscape that is campaigning. <laughs> well, I'm excited. The NBA season uh, kicked off last night, and uh, 
The Oklahoma City Thunder and Minnesota Timberwolves kick off their seasons tonight in Minneapolis. Um, so my two favorite teams are facing off on opening night. Uh, I am currently wearing a Thunder hat and Thunder hoodie with a Timberwolves jersey and Timberwolves t-shirt underneath because it's cold up here, folks. Um, and by the by this weekend, though, I will be heading south to the warmer climes of Oklahoma for the winter. Well, enjoy your sport ball over the weekend, and I will uh, talk to you soon, Brittany. Adios, Chris. Adios, everybody. Adios.